You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. going to take it. and basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? Well, it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's, let's get right to it. Okay, everybody. Uh, it's hot. It's hot inside anyways, because the hot takes are flaming. I mean, Ryan is on fire already, Goodman. We didn't even start recording, and he came out on the shoot. We're like, Bob, save some bullets for the show. Uh, so it is the Ryan Goodman Tangway Along for the Ride podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022 from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers. Available for 2022. So bet online where the game starts. Bob Ryan, starting with you. John Morant last night, 29 points against the Golden State Warriors. They won 10 in a row. Is it, you brought this up, Bob. Is it going to be the era of John Morant? Uh, first of all, the end of the game, the last two baskets he made, especially the last one, uh, that's stuff any of us who have ever played basketball uh, know that that was not an ordinary finish that left-hand finish of his it was extraordinary and it's, it's a, something reserved for the the very best of the best at dusty at the moment okay go look it up folks youtube just go look it up and see john moran's game finishing basket last night to cap off the 29 point game i was just thinking i think i was standing in the shower you know a lot of good thoughts come to us in the shower you know <laughs> and some people in the car singing with the radio and i do that too don't uh, you know if, you, if you're ever sitting you have, wait, wait, wait bob you have thoughts everywhere. Yeah, everywhere yeah, yeah. you are, you have with showers. I'm just going to give you a warning. Car. If you're ever riding with me and Mac the Knife comes on, Bobby Darren, uh, I, I sing with the song. I'm, I, I, I can't not do it. It's, it's, it's ingrained in me. I must sing along with Bobby Darren. Okay, now, I'm in the shower and I'm thinking, you know, once upon a time, a generation thought that basketball began with Dr. J. And then the next generation thought that basketball began with Michael Jordan. And now we have a generation that thinks that basketball began with LeBron James. Is the next generation uh, going to think that basketball began with Ja Morant? I'm asking. You know, it it sounds like a ridiculous – if you had asked that question a month ago even, people would have scoffed at you and said you're out of your mind. Now that is a reasonable question to ask, Bob. Because, and again, 
this is a guy we've all known, like, how special he was. Coming out of the draft, I remember I, I said this plenty of times. I would take Ja ahead of Zion in terms of who I thought was going to be the better player. Now, Zion had that star quality yeah. to him. And again, the marketability. Well, Ja's going to have that because he can do everything. We've talked about this. He's a freak athlete. He's a terrific playmaker for others. He's got the court vision, the passing ability, the the, the electrifying speed. There's everything. The only negative to Ja is he plays in Memphis right now. And, and people just still aren't, even though they've won as much as they've won this year, I, don't, I still don't think, again, Memphis has that, uh, watchability factor yet he needs a sidekick maybe for that but yes if they get a sidekick for him Bob then I think yes you could be looking at Ja as everywhere you look on the streets you're seeing kids and you're already starting to see it with Morant jerseys you know they should be and you're right about that that the, the location is a, a a slight drawback but then again remember when LeBron went to Cleveland they were nothing Right. And they had never been, uh, you know, had never won. And, you know, I, I, they had had a couple of a nice little run in the seventies. And at the end of the, you know, at one point they were going to be anyway, but they never had climbed the mountaintop at all. And they weren't in the, in the forefront of people's consciousness about professional basketball. He made that happen. And, and Drew, Ja just may be able to do that. I kept thinking about it, watching the game and listening to the crowd and thinking about, you know, Memphis has never had anything, really to sink its teeth into I mean they've had some decent teams but but you know they've never made a run frankly you know and and you know. I don't know if they have enough no, I don't I think just, yet they don't have enough they're a good team we talked about it they're a fun team they're likable all that but again I, I think when you look at their roster it's better than like the the Cavs LeBron 1.0 rosters where like Mo Williams was the second best player yeah, on those right, teams right. it's better than that but is it significantly is is Jaron Jackson good enough to be a number two is Dylan Brooks good Dylan Brooks has been playing great great basketball and he didn't play that night he's probably a number three guy yeah at the end of the day he's probably a really good number three guy for a championship contending team uh but where we are right now is that if if you're a fan and you you want to see them play because of him period and that's enough and that's enough to attract you to Memphis and and interesting I didn't check We'd have, you know, what, what the preseason uh, lineup was for how many network, you know, big time uh, appearances that the Grizz were going to get. I suspect not many, frankly. I suspect the Grizz were not in the forefront of the, of the programmers about how to, you know, align the NBA TV schedules. So Luca or Ja today? Gun to oh, your ja. head. Ja. Well, who are you taking? Are you ja. taking Ja ahead of Luca now? Well, I'm, a, I'm, I'm on record as once having over – overstimulated myself and saying that Luca takes my breath away. That was two years ago. And uh, you know, that was went, went a bit too far with that one. Yeah. He's still a, he has triple double here tonight. You know, <laughs> I'm happy. Uh, look, Josh Moore is, God appears to is more viscerally entertaining, but Luca is more to the, to the sophisticated basketball entertaining, but the average person would, would easily vote for Josh. <laughs> I think no problem. <laughs> It's better to I'm going to, I'm, so I'm, I'm waffling. I'm, I'm officially waffling. Okay. Well, they beat Golden State last night, which brings us to our next topic. And by the way, remember when Memphis was 10, uh, they won 10 out of 12 without John Morant? Without yeah. John Morant, everybody went, well, well, is it John Morant? Yeah, I think we know what the deal is there. So speaking of Golden State, now everybody's talking about the return of Clay. Jeff, I'll start with you on this one. Does Clay Thompson 
last night aside, you know, down the stretch, does he make when when it comes to playoff time, does he make Golden State unbeatable? I mean, if he's healthy, if he gets back to 95, 98%, it's hard to imagine this team losing, right? I mean, now you've got Clay and, and Steph. You got Andrew Wiggins, who who fits in perfectly as your number three scorer. You've got arguably the best defender and the guy who gives you that kind of innate toughness and accountability and won't back down in Draymond. The only piece that I'd love to see him get back, and I don't yeah. know when he's going to get back, is James Wiseman. He's Wiseman. And, and, yeah, and I think if they get Wiseman, he's the one thing they don't have. And, man, if they could get Wiseman back, and, and I don't even mean like James Wiseman playing 28 minutes. I mean playing like give you like 14, 15 key minutes because, Gary, you haven't seen him much yet. Bob, you haven't seen him much yet. He, he's seven feet. He's super athletic. He's long. He can change the game in the defensive end. And I'll tell you what, like, he's the guy you can just throw the ball up to. or or And he can outrun almost every big in the game. He can outrun him. So think of that, right? Clay on the wing. Oh, Steph was- pushing it. Wiggins driving the basket. Nobody is going to be looking at James Wiseman. So he, to me, is kind of that X factor that would put them even further over the top than they probably already are with a healthy Clay. Here's what I'm keeping my eye on is the – is pool. And I think this is key, how he's going to adjust and, and how, you know, and I, now in the first two games, we have the Dixfield notch sample only now two games, you know, so yeah. All right. And now here's, here's the deal so far. Uh, Thompson has played exactly 20 minutes in each game. Pool played 24 minutes in the first game and 22 in the second game. Uh, pool uh, Thompson's had 17 and 14 points. Pool had, has had 14 and 12. Uh, he, he didn't shoot well last night. Uh, he was three for 11. He was one to six on threes. Uh, I just, but I'm going to keep my eye on that one because if pool can adjust and, and become a super sub after getting, being used to being a, a guy that they were starting to rely on. Right. And, and, but it's not, he has to know. Now I was, I think we, I mean, we mentioned this last time. I don't know him. I know nothing about him. I don't know how stable he is. I don't know how grounded he is. I don't know how aware he is. I know none of that. I just know he's had a hell of a year so far, but he's going to have to adjust. And if he can do it and give them that kind of a, a, you know, a pro-rated uh, scoring and, and, and everything, Bob, well, here's gonna the be, thing. that's going to be awesome. Here's the thing. No matter who Jordan Poole is, and I don't know the answers to that either. I don't know him well enough, and, and I can talk to people around him, but he's playing for Steve Kerr. He's got Steph Curry and Clay around him. He's got Draymond to keep him a little bit accountable and in line if yes. he gets out of line. Yeah. I don't worry about anybody. I think that team, the makeup of that team is so special, and it still baffles me that Kevin Durant didn't want to spend the rest of his career with Steph Curry and Steve Kerr like and Bob Myers. Like, what are we doing? Like, KD, you could have won – however many titles and instead you're walking to Brooklyn and playing with Kyrie for half the year. Like what a dumb decision. It, it was. And I think what a dumb decision. Yeah. It, it, there's no doubt about it. And I think when you look at golden state, they're kind of Patriot like to me, Jeff, where they've reinvented themselves. Because if you take a look at how they won before, I mean, you had Andre Iguodala coming off the bench. I mean, you had, you know, uh, I think Childress, I mean, you had a different cast of characters. Yeah. You still have Steph. I mean, don't get me wrong. You still have Steph and Draymond and Clay's back, but now they've kind of reinvented themselves. And without Durant, they've kind of reinvented themselves. So that's a testament to the front office because you guys have mentioned guys that people have never really heard of. We thought the window was closing 
and right. almost closed two years ago with them, right? We thought once Clay got hurt a year, whatever it was, a year plus ago, when he got hurt for the second time, we were like, all right, the window's probably closed at this point. And then they make this trade for Andrew Wiggins, who, who's much maligned by people like myself, because he'll never he'll never live up to the hype of the number one player. He'll have some games where he's terrific, but you know, they paid him all this money in, in Minnesota when he never guarded anybody. So now he's never going to guard anybody at a high, high level, but he's done a better job. And again, he fits now. He doesn't have to be the savior. All he's got to do is be a piece that can go for 20 and nobody's got to take. Again, anytime Steph's on the court, everybody else is, is going to be played one-on-one. So now Wiggins, you're one-on-one and you're not one-on-one against the best defender on the court. Hmm. You're one-on-one against maybe the third best defender on the court now. Well, so to answer the original question, that uh, that I would say they're not going to be unbeatable, but they would go in as the favorite. I mean, uh, uh, for sure, if Clay returns to, as you say, fill in a blank, eighty percent, eighty-five percent, whatever. Uh, the early returns are, are are impressive. He looks comfortable, right? Yeah. Uh, isn't it a pleasure to watch a guy make a a, a sick a fifteen footer? Isn't that nice? I like that. <laughs> I, I'm so happy hey. seeing that. He can make a five-footer. He can make a 15-footer. He can make a 25-footer. Just and, remember, uh, folks, he's the guy, not the other guy. He's the guy that had the 37-point quarter once upon a time. <laughs> this, right. He's the guy. And by the way, once again, I reiterate, every time we do this, I'm, I'm duty-bound. Clay, I voted for you. Don't, so don't blame me. I voted for you. Okay. Now, i just get that on the table. Right. Bob Ryan. Need, hey, Gary. Yeah. I think we need Bob to wear a Clay Thompson headband next time. Ooh. I, I, I'd pay money to see right. Bob Ryan wear any kind of headband. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I bet he so wore one. Back, back in the day, Bob, did you ever wear a headband? No, that was, that was I, I predate, you know, you know, I, I got to, there's a guy that was falling through the cracks of NBA history who gave us two things that have become permanent in the NBA. Who was it that introduced the headband and the shaved head? Slick Watts? Yes. Was Bingo! It? Nice job, Gary. Hey, well, when he when he said the shaved head, but he was the slick. first one. Yeah, slick. And 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 that I remember that shaved the head and young Michael Michael. I don't know if Slick Watts was his inspiration, but at one point Michael said, "Oh, the hell with it," and he you know and it became his signature. But Slick Watts, ladies and gentlemen, gave us and he gave us the two of them together. Yeah, he gave us the two of them together. And and the Sonics were a fun team to watch. You know, we're from downtown Freddie Brown, Sigma, all the way through Lonnie Shelton. They were fun. And you know uh, who's okay. responsible for bringing for, for identifying Slick Watts and promoting him? Bill Russell. Really? Yeah. Good job. Well, Russ and doesn't Xavier, get enough. Who knew of Xavier in Louisiana? None of us. Sure. Well, okay. Russ doesn't get enough credit for that. All right, we want to move on to the rookies. Uh, Jeff, yeah. last night you were wondering: Is there a rookie of the year? I mean, listen, I thought it was going to be Eric Mobley. Yeah, right now I think I mean I think it you know to me he's probably the guy I know if you look at it you're saying a, a guy like Franz Wagner has picked up a lot of steam at this point but Evan Mobley I'm sorry I think I said Eric Mobley um Evan Mobley has been terrific and you know the big Bob and I talked about this before the year a little bit about Mobley my concerns is he tough enough is he enough of a killer? He is so skilled. I mean, the things he can do at seven feet are, are ridiculous. And he's not a guy that wants to be something he's not, right? Every seven-footer now, what do they want to do? Go out and shoot threes. 
And Mobley was a guy at USC and early in his NBA career who's understood, like, where my bread is buttered. I'm better off around the basket, blocking shots, rebounding, running the floor. He can handle it. Uh, this is a kid who's got incredible, incredible potential. And I think I'm glad. I'm glad Cleveland's got some some players here. And, you know, the sad part with Cleveland is they've lost now Colin Sexton and Ricky Rubio. Yeah. Um, and Sexton going down didn't hurt him at all, but I think Rubio will. Yeah, no, I think so. You know, we have to resort to to uh, Rondo now on his eighth team. Yeah. Um, I think it would be clearly be uh, unanimous, well, not unanimous, maybe, but it would be very, by acclamation, it would be Mobley right now. I want to ask you, Jeff, as a guy who saw these guys, or one of the guys that we had never seen, and that's Jalen Green. But then the one and two picks were Kay Cunningham and Jalen Green. That was pretty obvious. Um, they're each averaging 15 points a game. Um, one, uh, Cunningham's shooting 39% on threes. Uh, Green shooting 40, so it's a wash yeah. there. Their numbers are very similar. They play the same amount of minutes, roughly. Green, Cunningham 32, Green 30. Um, how would you evaluate this point in the, in the early, you know, one quarter, a half of the two season? What, what Listen, both are shooting it better than I thought. Kate came out really, really slow shooting the three. Yeah, you remember, remember oh, yeah. he was hurt. He was hurt to start the season. So he, he missed the first few games. Came out, struggled shooting the three. He started to shoot it much better than I thought he would. Because last year, I just didn't know if it was a little bit of a fluke at Oklahoma State. Because he'd be the first to admit he did. He was like, you know, I know i got to become a better perimeter shooter. Um, you know, Jalen Green, unfortunately, both these guys have put up numbers for teams that stink. Which generally is the case, right? KD did sure, that his right? first year in Seattle. Right. Like, you're going to put up numbers that sometimes are inflated because you're playing when you're down 20, 30 points consistently against second, third unit guys that frankly, you know, don't care about defending against Kate Cunningham or Jalen Green. They just want to get there. So uh, we got to see more, but, but I think, you know, they've both been good, not great. And, And to me, the biggest surprise so far has been Franz Wagner. Again, another guy for a team that hasn't been very good, Bob, no, in Orlando, they are way off the radar. Screen. Way off the radar because they're not good. But the thing with Wagner is, everybody always thought he was kind of a tease at, at Michigan, and like, all right, like, is he going to show up? Mm-hmm. Isn't he? You knew he had the skill level, and he's kind of that that new age forward that everybody likes because you know yeah. he can shoot it, he can shoot he it, can put it on the floor, he can pass it. He's that multi dimensional forward. Um, I think ultimately this is going to be a good group that gets better than the rookies, but nobody has emerged as like even LaMelo, right? LaMelo was a guy that just absolutely yeah. emerged and, and also electrified. He was, a, he's a guy that you want to watch because his passing ability is so incredible and he's flashy and fun. And the other part was, let's face it. Like Charlotte was pretty good last year. That was the other mm-hmm. thing. They were better. Detroit stinks. Houston stinks. I know they went a little bit of a run, but they stink. And Orlando stinks. There's a guy uh, that is gladdening my heart a little because, uh, you know, yeah, we always find a guy we, we like and, yeah. and, and, and you know, you want to see how he does. And he's doing well uh, under the radar screen. That's Chris Duarte. Duarte. Yeah, Duarte. Duarte. Excuse me. Yeah, sorry. Yep. Yeah, yeah, right. I love him. I can't even pronounce his name right. Yeah, he's oh, awesome. That's terrific. Um, but he's getting significant time. He's getting 29 minutes a game. He's yep. averaging 13. He's, uh, he's shooting 
yeah, you know, 43, 35 on twos, but, but he's getting, you know, I liked him. I really just, I somehow I just caught my eye and I liked him. I'm happy to see that he's doing well at the bottom. That's the bottom of the lottery. He was the 13th pick. Great piece. He yeah. was, he was ready to come in. You know, that was the one thing was he was, he was a four-year guy in college at Oregon. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's probably why I like them, by the way. I always try to find those right. guys. I, I, you know, I definitely like them. Uh, interesting draft, Jeff, just apropos of nothing we're talking about, but just that it's, it's, it's it was, you know, there were eight international players in the first round, yep. seven countries, starting with number six, Josh Giddy from, yep. from, from uh, Don Under. He's been good. He's been good. Number seven, Jonathan Kaminga from Congo. Yeah, he, he has a play. France Wagner. Yep. Joshua Primo, uh, who's a Canadian, getting a little time. Alperin Segun, Turkey, getting a little time. I like time. Him. Kai Jones from Bahamas. And then the two Spaniards, Usman Garoba yep. and Salty Aldama. And then with an asterisk, born in Japan, but very much raised in America and an alumnus of, of famous Oak Hill Academy, which I did a story on 35 years ago, literally. Wow. And that would be Camp Thomas. People don't realize he was born in Yokohama. <laughs> I didn't know that. I, did, I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Giddy's been good. Um, Singoon's been good. When I watch him, he really impresses me with his footwork, his toughness. Yeah. Um, he's been good. And uh, another one you didn't mention. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Omar Yurtseven has played great. He, okay, I didn't go into the second round. That's got to be second round. Right. I I don't know. I think he was a couple of years ago undrafted, played overseas. Oh, okay, 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 okay. And and the Heat called him up because they were thin. Yurt Seven started his career at NC State, um, and then transferred to Georgetown, and he's been incredible rebounding the ball. Bob, you got to look at his rebounding numbers lately. Okay, I shall. He's been insane. Now again, it, it's all about timing right now, right? For like a kid like Yurt Seven, well, guys, again, protocols, they're out or injuries or whatever. Oh, yeah. He gets an opportunity. This kid's going to stick in the league and probably make a lot of money in the league now. Uh, keep my eye on him. Yeah, it's hard to keep track of everybody these days. Honestly, yep. God, you know, it's just impossible. But well, anyway, it so overall, it's 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 a not a well, no impression. one guy. No one guy has emerged as no. the superstar, right? The right. guy you're gonna like. Oh, one more guy to note. That he's been pretty damn good, and 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 uh, uh, and that's Scotty Barnes. Yes, Scotty Barnes should be should be yes. noted here. Uh, and and yeah. Herb Jones, another one who's playing. If you love defense, if you love defense, watch New Orleans's Herb Jones, Herbert Jones. Sorry, he likes to go by Herbert. Herbert, um, okay. He is awesome out of Alabama. One of my favorite college players of all time. All he want, he can lock down one through four <laughs> and lock them down. Right, very good. Well, you touched on one of the Ball brothers, but we're going to get to that coming up on how they've exceeded expectations. But first, we're going to tell you about LinkedIn. Uh, These days, it can be hard to find and hire the right candidates for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to find the people that you want to talk to faster and for free. Focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience and use screening questions to get your role in front of the most qualified. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? 
post your job for free at linkedin.com slash scribe. That's linkedin.com slash scribe to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, we all know about Papa, uh, Papa Ball, I should say. And this guy was just so unique and out there. And I thought there's no way these kids are going to be able to shake the old man. But Bob, yeah. both Ball <laughs> brothers, have they exceeded expectations? And now maybe the father wasn't so crazy. Well, he still could be crazy. I, I think a tribute goes to the kids. I, I think that they, they, I don't know, they figured it out that they, you know, they love their dad, I'm sure. And I appreciate that he's, he's always, in his mind, done what he felt was best for them and, and all that. And I think they appreciate it. But, but they're just different personalities. And I, I, I've been impressed from the, from the get-go when I, uh, about um, uh, in the Alonzo and, 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 and his personality. And, and, and I, I used to kid the first year, his rookie year, I said, I wonder what daily life is like. Because this is when the father was still was still in very much in form, you know, very much in the news, very much couldn't kids. And I, I wonder what daily life is. Did they kid him? They say, "Oh, your dad went off again," you know, or or and he laughs. Ah, oh, you know, I don't worry, I don't pay attention to it. I I just I just wondered about that. But but both of those kids, I mean, those guys, those young men, um, uh, have figured out how to negotiate being who you know Lonzo's. I mean, Lamar Lavar's kids. You know, but being their own people and and, and and fitting into the environments that they, you know, and where they function and where they, where they work. Uh, I'm impressed with those two for that reason. Listen, Lonzo, I was never worried about because he had already established himself for the most part, you know, as I guess I shouldn't say never worried about, but his, his IQ for the game, he was so even keel, never got rattled with all the stuff that was going on with Lonzo at UCLA. Uh, and then obviously when I was in Lithuania and, and LeVar took shots at Luke Walton, Lonzo never let it affect him, never came out, found a way to navigate it so well of still being good with the coach, with Luke Walton or whatever coach, Steve Alford at, at UCLA, yet never taking shots at his father. Like he was just so pure. With everything he did, and, and again, I love Lonzo. I love the way he plays the game. He plays it really in a way that Bob Ryan grew up watching the game, and I grew up even watching the game, which is pure, like just moving the ball, making the right pass, not really being flashy. Uh, and now he's shooting 42% from three, by the way. Ooh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Which was always the, the big question oh, yeah. about Lonzo. Can't shoot, can't shoot, can't shoot. Particularly since he was shooting it from his hip. Right, right. You know, and 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 then you go to Lamelo, and I won't waste time with the middle one, Leangelo. I'd always said he's not an NBA player; he's a good overseas player. But Lamelo, my biggest thing with Lamelo was always the bad habits that he accrued over the years, and I saw it firsthand in Lithuania, Mm -hmm. like bad habits being put in. But he's found a way to overcome some of the mistakes that I think his father made because he is so talented. And his court vision is elite level, just like Alonzo's, but they play the game so different. Like, as simple as Lonzo makes it, LaMelo makes it flashy. He's the youngest kid. You know, he was, when I always talked to, to LaVar or, or any of the kids, they would say, like, LaMelo's the favorite one. He can do anything. He's the youngest one, right? So he'd get away with whatever he wanted. He would jack threes. He might airball three straight. And LaVar would still yell at him to keep shooting the ball. And so he had, he had that rope, but um, listen, his numbers and his impact is incredible. And, and those bad habits 
Like he wasn't a good teammate in Lithuania, but you know, I forget he was like 15, 60, 15 yeah. years old. Yes. Yeah, like he was 15 <laughs> playing yeah. with grown men. They didn't like him because he didn't take it seriously then. But he's grown up, obviously. I haven't been around him in years, but he has grown up, which typically you do between years 15 and 19, yeah. right? And now you, you look at him, his teammates love him. Why? He plays with a passion, with a flair, and, and he gets him the basketball, Gary. That's yeah. what he does. He makes I'm life easier nice. for Miles Bridges, for Gordon Hayward, for whoever. If you, you want to play with somebody, you want to play with this dude because if right. you're running the court, he is going to find you. You can't overestimate what you just said in, in terms of how that affects a basketball team uh, and, and players when they know that there's a guy whose raison d'etre is to get you the ball. And I lived through this my, in my embryonic days covering the NBA. The Celtics, a, a name that will mean nothing to modern people uh, at all, but, and that was Hambone Williams. Uh, he, he's my standard. of. I'm not lying. They, they get the garbage time. And, and there was lots of it because the Celtics were so good in those days. And they get the garbage time. And guys would be practically crawling over each other to get up to sick next to Heinsohn to get his attention, to get in the game, to be able to play with Hambone Williams. Because Hambone was going to get everybody. To, his whole thing was making everybody else look good. And, and, and he was a phenomenal passer. But, I mean, so I learned right away what the effect that can have. But in general terms, people, you know, Larry Bird, you know, he, his passing was contagious with for that team and so there's you can't overestimate what that does how, how good that is for a team uh more than something i'm happy i'm wrong I, i'm happy i was wrong because I, I didn't know if lamella would make it gary i just yeah. felt like again the bad habits the immaturity he could he didn't want to defend at all mm. and, and i'm really 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 happy i'm wrong i haven't talked to any i talked to alonzo for a second when he came into boston <sighs> But I haven't talked to Lamelo or Lavar, mm. obviously, and, and my relationship with Lavar ended poorly, no. <laughs> um, as we know. But I always felt like bad for those kids in a way, and it was hard to feel bad for a fifteen. Are you telling me you didn't of, get a Christmas card? Uh, did not, a holiday greeting of any, any kind of a happy holidays? What was that? You didn't get any free sneakers? What were the sneakers? The big what? The big ball oh. brands. Big ball no, brands. I was afraid of big ball brand. If you put him on, you might like, like remember Zion when he blew out his night. I know. I, I was afraid if I start wearing those and jump around <laughs> and do anything athletic, I might, you know, they might blow up because well, they yeah. sold them for three fifty. They probably cost $2 and 50 cents. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, it also might not have been a shoes, Jeff. I just hate to tell you, but as, as, as uh, we say goodbye here. And one of the problems is we had some technical difficulties here with my phone. I, I, I call this up, and maybe we can get Bob to sing a few bars. Um, uh, here we go. Shows them barely white, just a jackknife, has old Mac heat, babe. And it keeps it uh, out of sight. You know when that shark bites. Time to go ahead. What is yeah. going on? Scarlet. Bring back the knife, man. Bobby Darren. That's the one song he sings in the car. Empty gloves, though. Where's so old Maggie? Ago, we'll talk to you next week. But it never, never trace red. Take it home, Bob Ryan. Oh, the sidewalks are uh-huh. Ooh. <laughs> Sunday morning, uh-huh. All right. Ah, as a body. Who's the best part? Eek! Losing life.